Hey, welcome to the Healthy AF Podcast. We all know that health is complex and multifaceted. Amy Chang and Fran Paradine are here to break it down, talk it up, and learn from a whole slew of really amazing guests. Fran and Amy are both health coaches, and just like health, their practices and viewpoints are individualized. You'll hear different takes on the same information as they discuss all things health, and you'll learn with them as they talk with guests who explore all different areas of health. Every episode will be fun, informative, and entertaining. If you like what you hear, please follow us and subscribe so you never miss an episode. All right. Well, welcome to the podcast, everybody. We are so glad to have you with us here on Healthy AF. We have a sweet, sweet surprise. I'm super stoked to introduce to you guys Kyle Rootsart. Now, the reason I wanted Kyle on the podcast is because he's making a difference in people's health. And that gets me all kinds of lit up and crazy. He has a doctoral degree from Xavier University in Louisiana. He did his residency at um, UCSF, and he's been in hospital and uh, hospital and retail pharmacy for 25 years. But the thing that he is the most super stoked about, and so am I, is that he's a diabetes educator and a health coach. So please help me welcome Kyle Rutzar. Hi. Hi, Kyle. Hey. hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, I know. No. It's exciting. This is my first. So. first what? Yeah, Gosh, yeah, and it's yeah. a threesome. <laughs> <laughs> I've been told I should be doing this a long time ago. So well, I guess this is overdue. Thanks, you're guys, welcome for being part yeah, of this. I know, right? Teeth with us. It's all good. So, so let me get let me give some background. Kyle and I met sort of in a lucky kind of way. Um, there's a huge paddleboard competition out here at Wrightsville Beach every year. And um, it was one of the first weekends that I moved down here. And I met Carolina, Carolina Cup, Cup, right? And I met his friend, Pete Gavin. And Pete is a great paddleboarder, taught me all the ropes, and then flew back to California and hooked up with Kyle and said, Kyle, you got to meet Amy. And we did. It was a good connection. Great. Yeah, connection. it was a great connection. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Well, you know, good people bring good people. Oh, so from our Pete, Pete is Pete is the pinnacle athlete for someone who's over fifty. He's the same age as me, and he is very very fast. Oh. He 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 won his division at the Carolina Cup. This yes, year. he did. Yes, he did. He is something for us exactly. to strive for. When it was funny, we had a whole discussion about paddleboarding, Pete and I. And I was like, "Yeah, my paddleboarding is like um, stroke and glide." <laughs> and he's like, "No, yeah. that was totally different yeah. than the whole racing paddleboard thing." So that was fun. Yeah. Um, we're a small community, but we're a tight group. It's it's a definitely a family atmosphere, as as you can see. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that is one thing that Pete told me about, and then that I witnessed at that competition. That was great. That whole Ohana thing. Always, always something worth training mm. for. You know, there's always some event coming up, so you're always be race ready. Oh, nice. That keeps yeah. it exciting. Yeah, all winter long, that's what you're doing. You're getting ready for the season. You know, which is exactly opposite from your long-term chronic health. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I wish it was seasonal, but that's interesting because like exercise is kind of an acute, you know, inflammatory process. Mm. And, and the benefit is that you're able to like deal with that inflammation and stress that you put on the body by making these changes. So exercise, oh my gosh, huge, huge benefit. Yeah, right. I know that's the reason why half my family is still living because I haven't uh, lost my shizzle yet. Okay. So Kyle, the very first conversation we ever had was about diabetes and what you were discovering in reversing diabetes. And so when we talked about this podcast, when Fran and I talked about doing this podcast, I had a handful of people that I was like, these people shall be on the podcast. And you were one of them. Um, oh, I'd like to see what other lists that you have, because you have some pretty amazing people. I know, there. right? Yeah. You guys, have, your fingertips have some of the, the experts in the field. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe uh, at some point we can have a whole panel I want to know about um, your story and what led you to go through your whole doctorate program, become a longtime pharmacist, and then go like, you know what? What I really love is diabetes educator and health coach. Walk me through that. Okay. So I moved into the California foothills, and I had realized – by accident, that the doctor and the patient were having no discussion about the disease state that they had, what what it entailed. And unfortunately, I was the one that was giving the diagnosis at the consultation booth. And these people are crying mm-hmm. because they finally feel like, oh my gosh, I finally got diabetes. Like it's some sort of communicable disease. And so they're overwhelmed and it's super overwhelming. There's so much information. And she said, diabetes, what's that? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to eat? And that's when I went, I don't have an answer for that. And feeling like you don't have the ability to help somebody is horrible. Here I am, a healthcare professional, and I don't have the right answer or a good answer. So I'm like, okay, well, nutrition's my, my weak point here. So let's let's do what I can to try to help these people. So meantime, my brother gets diagnosed with diabetes and I'm pretty upset because the way he was diagnosed was through kind of a misdiagnosis. He complained to the doctor that his feet were super cold. And so um, the doctor told him to put a heating pad on it and turned out, you know, his, he was diabetic and he couldn't feel any sensation in his feet. So his feet blistered. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, he started off with his diagnosis of diabetes, almost losing his feet because somebody didn't realize, didn't do the, their homework and really um, follow through with labs because he had a high blood sugar that no one, no one caught earlier. So I'm like, man, why can't I help my brother or how can mm. I help my brother? When he, when he was first diagnosed, he's like, I don't know what's going on. I was drinking Gatorade and Coca-Cola mm. like crazy. You know, I'd have a half gallon of that drunk before before noon like man just open your mouth i could have helped you you know so it's it's the the it was the the feeling that i need to learn more and as i was learning it was almost like as i was learning i was applying it to being a pharmacist with these 5 minute consults with patients whatever way i could get to them and that i'd make these these advice or this consultation and these patients would come back in a month and go hey i did mm. it 
I've lost 10 pounds. I'm feeling better. I'm like, oh, wow. So that was my, and as has always been my actual return on investment. What I, what I learn and how I'm able to deliver it and I expect to see, and I always get, sometimes it's years later and they come back and go, hey, my doctor says, whatever you're doing, just keep it up because everything is looking better. Blood pressure improves, your weight's down. You don't need diabetes medications anymore. So it's, it's taken me a long time to understand nutrition. And now, nowadays we have this amazing piece of technology called the continuous glucose monitor. And that's where I found it just been really exciting because you can see the effect of food, emotion, <laughs> lack of sleep, you know, stresses on, the, on, on somebody, infection, whatever it is. And you can see how it affects their glucose. And when you're able to see that and you make your behavior modification based on your results, your personalized results, um, things change. Things get better. And I will tell you, the, the feedback that I get is almost 100% is I feel better. I have more energy. My clothes don't fit me like they used to, right? I, I'm losing it here. Um, sleeping better sleep less pain the sleep one's kind of cool i actually have a patient that i that had so much traumatic ptsd that he couldn't sleep more than two or three hours at a time and when we got him off of sugar oh man uh he was able to sleep through the night he's never been able to get more than five hours of sleep at a time now he's sleeping through the night not having to use the restroom nothing seven hours rock solid sleep for someone with ptsd and night yeah, terrors that's a game changer it's huge yeah I, and I get this all the time. I have two technicians that I work with. One has lost 80 pounds and another one's lost 50 and had PCOS and now does not. Oh, that's amazing. So these are, yeah, these are huge changes. And I, I can do this anywhere. And I love doing this on the spot and with total strangers. And <laughs> it's whoever I can trap. Whoever <laughs> will, will sit there and listen and take the advice um, yeah, they get graduated from our diabetes clinic within three oh months. Oh, my gosh. A1C from 12 to, to 6 in three months. I mean, you still think about it. Like, you have the old A1C still in there. Those, that hemoglobin is old and still reflecting an, a higher blood sugar, and you're mixing them with lower blood sugars. What I find, though, is almost immediately you can get them off medications that are lowering their blood sugar and you'll see an improvement in their blood sugar within a very short period I, of time. I need to pause because, sure. A, I'm a little overexcited on, on my side of the camera. <laughs> okay. And, B, I'm thinking about people who aren't in this conversation every day. Like for okay, me, from that sure. nursing background and you from that pharmacy background we can just like rattle this off but i want to slow this down and get this um uh, palatable for those who aren't in this zone so first of all um your brother had the blessing of blisters what a blessing that was you know because god knows how long that diagnosis would not have been made had he not blistered right and that gave you that spark. Yeah. You know, you know what was really cool about him was that it was COVID. <gasps> COVID pushed him into the direction of, hey, this is scary. Mm -hmm. This could kill me. 
let me listen to what my brother has to say. Let my brother coach me with the CGM using the freestyle mm-hmm. Libre to see what his blood sugars are. That was the game changer. And then he was able to believe me and go, yeah, you're yeah. right. Hey, this is how I was should. Is he your older brother? This is what's making, he's my older brother. Okay, he, it does um, take a pandemic to get the younger siblings listened to. I just. Oh, be- <laughs> oh before he'd be like, beer. You're like, oh, see, like, watch this. Watch <laughs> me. Yeah, watch this. Uh-huh. You're like, you're yeah, joking. you know, it's, it's funny. <laughs> COVID brought us so many blessings, and a lot of that was awareness. Uh, a lot yeah, of that was awareness, yeah. CGM for my for a lot of people has made a big difference. Like, hey, I really don't want to get diabetes, and I really don't want to like have COVID right. kill yeah. me. And it makes a big difference. They, it still has some lasting effects on some of my patients, but yeah, right. so when you say CGM, part, you you're talking about the continuous glucose monitor, correct? Okay, just for- yeah, the continuous glucose monitor. I usually use the um, the Freestyle Libre in my patients. The Dexcom's another one. Um, and these are monitors that give you a graph and you can see the effects of your food on that. So let's, let's break that down. So when I had my CGM, it's about the size of a quarter. You pick it up at the pharmacy. It's got a teeny tiny itty bitty little needle in it. You push it into the back of your arm where, uh, my youngest, you know, it's the fatty part of your arm. My youngest calls it my bingo wing. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a special wave that you kind of get to do. That's right. Yeah. So you put it in your bingo wing. And for me, I, I like to keep mine covered because um, the first one I put in, I knocked out within about six hours um, oh. in true Amy Chang fashion. So you just keep that covered and you can keep it in for 14 days. And then um, you can scan it with your phone and it'll show you where your blood glucose is. So you can play with it. I know I like to scan mine while, before, like right after I woke up, but before I worked out, scan it after I finished my workout, still hadn't eaten, scan it after my breakfast, scan it, you know, three hours after that breakfast, scan it, you know, whenever I did anything uh, really at all just to kind of get a good picture of what's going on inside my body. And then I could relate, huh, when that was going on inside my body, I remember I felt really sleepy or I remember I felt sort of hyped up or, you know, and being able to relate so that I could learn what was going on inside my body at that time. And that's what I hear you saying. You work with your, your people on. And I remember you sent me a picture of yours one day. Yeah. You know, that uh, like uh, naked drink or something. I, I forgot what you had had. Oh, that was a, na- it had 74 grams of yeah. carbs. It was like a smoothie. Yeah. Like, oh, it looks so healthy and so harmless. It says blueberries all over it. And oh man, it really shot me up. <laughs> it was, um, I'm always afraid to try those things. But well, so that's actually an interesting point because I think what what you learn by having these um, glucose monitors on is that not everybody reacts the same way to every food, yeah. right? So someone can one person can eat a cookie and not have a huge spike, and another person can eat a cookie and have it and have a tremendous spike. And so everybody's has their own individual 
way that their body is processing this food. So it's so important because what you learn is that one diet doesn't work for everybody. Um, right. And then you also see like how you are in different times of day and then how you respond after you had something that was really sugary. And then that's, you know, sugar is kind of complicated, yeah. but it's a, it's a disaccharide. It's got a glucose and a fructose or fructose, you know, that's fruit sugar and they're attached to each other. The glucose does cause an insulin response. The fructose doesn't. So you don't necessarily see, you know, the effect of sugar. You only see half of it because you only see the glucose. You don't necessarily mm. see the deleterious effects of fructose, really sugar. That's that stuff's wicked. That's that's the problem. I love that. I just love your brains. You know, it's just something that you that stays in a blind spot, you know. Yeah. When we look at that. Robert. So uh, if, if I just could catch us up. So then you, your brother actually started listening to you, which was the COVID miracle anyway. Um, and then you started working with other people. Yeah. Like if it's good for him. It's got to be good for everyone. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. I know. One size fits all. Um, that's a joke, everyone. Um, and so when you started, Kyle, and I remember we were just beginning to meet at that time and you were just sort of working with these people. What, maybe a year in? Right. Yeah. I think it was a little bit earlier, but he, I, he reversed his diabetes. I think it was in like five days. Type two diabetes, which is what we see the most of has, you have too much insulin. We got to bring it back into this normal range. Type one, you don't have enough. You got to take, you got to take some, to get into this normal range. So that's the goal is the normal range, which really for insulin should be quite low. And that's why we do the fasting because after about four to six hours, insulin levels go back to as low as possible. So when we took away the insulin toxicity and we rode the glucose levels a little bit higher than most people are maybe comfortable with and go, all right, after three days, we watched this glucose level drop by like 50 to 100 every oh, single day. So he'll start off at 300, huh. 300, and he's at 200, 250. And two, I mean, what do you, and also I have other patients that I don't have the luxury of using the CGM on, that freestyle mm -hmm. Libre where you can see it continuously, but you watch their fasting sugars in the morning when they do their finger sticks, finger sticks you see it come down especially when they're on insulin and sulfonylureas, which is a class of medications that make you release more insulin, making the insulin too high, just like squirting more insulin when you already have a problem with too much insulin. So that it doesn't really make a lot of sense and it doesn't work. Those patients gain Will weight. Will you say which um, common names and generic names? Sure, sure. So... Right. So uh, long-acting insulin would be your Basaglar, it would be your Lantus, your Tegeo. And then there's other medications that make you release more insulin um, that aren't actually injectable. They're pills. Those are like glipizide, glyburide, and glimipiride. And those lower your blood sugars by making you release more insulin. Again, too much insulin is the problem. Got to bring it back down to normal. So when you get them off of those medications, something amazing happens. Their blood sugars actually improve. They actually get better. They start losing weight. They have more energy. It's it's it makes you go why why do we listen to these guidelines that push 
medications that make you right, sicker. Which is actually exactly what my question is. Like if that, I mean, this isn't, diabetes is not new. So why is it that that is the treatment for it, that kind of standard treatment for it? Yeah, you wanted me to go into that, huh? <laughs> not you. I, I don't, I'm, I'm going to say that I don't have a target on my back, but I may. Oh, geez. Yeah. So um, when you start looking into this stuff and you start looking at guidelines, you start scratching your head and going, wait a minute. This doesn't make any scientific evidence. There's no scientific evidence to support this, as well as there's just some simple logic here that we kind of skipped over, which is diabetes is a food problem with a food cure, not a drug cure. So when you look at the people that are on the ADA guideline committees, you, um, you can search this out. We should give them the links for this. I started searching. I got into the first five um, physicians that are on these um, guideline um, committees and look at the financial conflicts of interest. How much money do they get from Big Pharma? Mm. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's disgusting. Yeah. And it's the big, big drug companies that are that are the one put, buying their doctors. Yeah. And that will be our second podcast with you. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. I I want the ADA to go down the American Heart Association, the American Medical Association. There's, there's some issues and they're hurting people. Um, I would say also the whole statin would be a really fun podcast to really get deep into what exactly are statins, the side effects and, um, the true benefit, not what's touted by your doctor or what your doctor knows and understands. I don't think you can just sit there and blame one organization. It's been kind of this perfect storm. You know, yes, it's driven by corporate greed, but at the same time, it's, it's the technology as it was founded is how we shape the science. So, we have a lot more technology now to come up with a feasible hypothesis. Back in the 20s and 30s, when people started dying from heart attacks, we didn't have the data. We, we were able to measure cholesterol and glucose. Like, man, how much do you have? I mean, you're, you're really just trying to make some sort of a, a hypothesis work. And that's kind of the basis of all the historical epidemiological studies. You, you didn't have all the data or you decided to cherry pick mm-hmm. your data and just publish what fits your hypothesis. But that's not science. But unfortunately, that's how we got here. Well, yeah. And right. When, when you look at where you're standing now, you really do have to just look at like, OK, how did I get here? And more importantly, where am I going? And like, no matter how we got on the let's throw a pill on it or let's treat a food problem with a drug, um, it's encouraging to know that there's a, a right-hand turn that you're helping people make where they can lower their insulin using um, some lifestyle and food instead of pharmacology. So my question is to you, and this is a burning question. When you um, took your brother off his meds, 
what else did you put into place? What other interventions did you put into place? Or did you just wait? Um, we we kind of waited it out, but I started introducing the concept of looking at looking at his food and reading his labels. Um, his wife cooks all of his food for him, but um, she didn't necessarily understand what the what a carbohydrate was. So as as she started started changing his lunch that she that she would pack for him, um, things got better. But we started looking at how many grams of carbs he was eating, what was spiking him. And then he got to the point where he um, felt comfortable and was able to go significant periods of time without eating. So he was able to skip breakfast, essentially, and eat his two meals. And he didn't need insulin coverage. So we were keeping insulin at all costs low. And when he was, what he was eating did not, did not make him go up very much. We're talking like 50 when normally his blood sugar would have gone up to probably more like 250 and required okay. insulin. So you took him off because his oral agent, but up. you kept him on his injectable. No, I took him off of his injectable. He, he was on, this is, this is, this is, this is Kaiser. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Kaiser. So they use really old drugs. Okay. So they use this super old drug called uh, Humulin okay. N, NPH insulin. <laughs> And then they use regular insulin for um, bolusing to cover your meals. So the long-acting is, isn't really a long-acting, or you could say it's really kind of a variable long-acting insulin. It, bottom line, it's not recommended, and it's super dangerous because you can easily have it still going strong, and you give yourself another dose of insulin, and you just crash and bottom out, and your blood sugar gets very, very low, dangerously low. So you think about the this the side effect of insulin and causing this super low blood sugar and especially with these medications you cannot make a recommendation to do an extremely low carb or a, a very carbohydrate restricted diet and keep them on these medications that has to be stopped almost immediately if not the dose needs to be reduced quickly and you need to have somebody there with the finger on the pulse guiding the patient down that road of diabetes reversal, utilizing medication adjustment. And that's what I do in that, in that clinic that we were talking about. But it was very helpful for him to be able to watch his food, get rid of his diabetes medication. And I can say now his diabetes is reversed. He's lost at least 30 pounds, a um, lot more energy. He feels great. Um, he is now taking on the... A, kelp restoration project off the coast of California, trying to save the kelp forest because we've had some, because of global warming and whatnot, has had a, a cascade of effects and has destroyed the kelp forest. So now that is focused. And I feel like I'm part of that because I'm, he's been able to get that energy to be able to do these things, to do something I think that is just spectacular and magnificent and really trying to save the little cute little sea otters habitat. <laughs> yeah, it's it is it is really um, fulfilling when your passion allows someone to live in their passion. Oh yeah, it's it's wonderful getting the feedback that I get. I I really really enjoy it, and it makes people makes makes people really happy to come to clinic. Normally, like patients, like it's yeah, your dose has gone up, your your weight has gone up, your cholesterol looks worse. We're gonna have to add drugs. 
not take mm. away. And so at first they kind of look at me sideways like, are you sure? Like, yeah, trust me. I've never had anyone not lose weight. I've never had a, a person come back and say, my A1C is higher. My blood sugar is worse. My diabetes is worse. My doctor says, stop. No, <laughs> I never get that. Can I tell you a story about Please, my neighbor? Please, tell us all the stories you okay. can do. All right, so my neighbor, so it's cool. Um, uh, he is American Indian by um, genetic, okay? So he's, he's not exactly the most um, insulin-sensitive person. Very, very, uh, that particular minority is very insulin-resistant, very subjective to, uh, to type 2 diabetes, right? So their, their risk is significant. He um, couldn't qualify for his knee replacement surgery because his A1C was 10. And it needed to be eight. So I put a uh, continuous glucose monitor. We looked at our food. We, you know, got rid of sandwiches and burritos. And like now he has burrito bowls. And he's doing extremely low carb. And his blood sugar is great. And we got him off of his glyburi, which is one of those drugs that lower your blood sugar. We got him off of his pioglitazone. The only medication he takes is his metformin. And, um, three, and, his, and his blood pressure medication. So he goes into the doctor, and his A1C is now 7.1. Wow. I still think we got work to work to do, but he's lost 25 pounds. He now qualifies for his surgery for his knees. So now we got knees yeah. <laughs> add to the list of things that that this benefits. So over right? what period of time was that um, improvement for him? Um, I would say six sensors by five sensors. So roughly about three months. That's significant. Wow. Yeah. And it's it's just amazing. And you're right. A1C is a good me- now correct me if I if I misstep on this cuz I know this is your jam but I am very good at uh making it into kindergarten speak. So your A1C is a is a 3 month measure. So yeah, it's a 3 month measure and like every 1% is like a bump by 30. So when I say someone had an A1C of 11 and their average blood sugar is probably like 270 and they went all the way down to 60, their blood sugar went, was 270 all the time average and now it's like 120. More ideal, more more close to, within that normal range, how it should be, right? Yeah. And when you pull that lab, it because it's a three-month measure, you are going to have some of those old cells. So that's important to to remember too, if you're trending, if your A1C is trending down, it means when they looked at all of the cells in that blood sample, some of them were 90 days old, which means they were higher and more reflective of the higher blood sugar three months ago. So you're not even really getting a clear picture of what work was done until your six month post A1C after you're trending sort of stabilizing. Right. So it's even, it's an underestimate. Yeah. What I tell you is an underestimate from 11 to six. I'm underestimating. It's probably actually the, 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 the significance is even yes. more. So that's the, dropping down your sugar. Yeah. That's lower. the big, the big miracle that um, Kyle and I are going like, what you mean? What? Because it's got more room to fall. And, and um, the other thing about my neighbor is that he started sleeping better he does night shifts so he has a weird sleep and so he wasn't able to stay solid sleep and so better sleep and his knees before the surgery started um started feeling a lot better information so the knee pain was starting to improve and and i know um Verta health for example 
does this kind of monitoring patients that are in Indiana and they're in San Francisco and they're being health coached mm -hmm. and watching their improvement. And their results were pretty, pretty incredible. Like 54% of the patients had reversed their diabetes, you know, and 70, 78% or 77% were still on the diet after two years. Yeah. I know. yeah. And the, the, the number one thing that every patient will say, I have less hunger. Mm -hmm. Think about the value. Like the best diet is going to be the diet that you don't even have to think about food. Yes. You don't think about being hungry or you may have to remind yourself that you may need to eat today. Yeah. You know, like your weight doesn't fluctuate the way it's supposed to. It really shouldn't mm -hmm. fluctuate. It should stay in this really tight range. It's these changes in these hormones that kind of caused all these problems in the first place and which we didn't even have that information you know we didn't the field of endocrinology didn't really exist until everything else had already existed so it was like in the mid-1950s endocrinology comes about it's like wow where are you guys you guys gonna want you guys want to look up this insulin stuff <laughs> because there was they knew about it on the other side of the pond what exactly is the toxicity of sugar as well as we, we kind of knew what insulin was all about and how it could help people. But we never, the, the, the creators of insulin, Jocelyn, Dr. Jocelyn, never had it intended to be utilized for type 2 diabetes. He's like, type 2 diabetes, that's just food. It's just stop eating a bunch of carbohydrates. Yeah. <laughs> Carb restriction. We knew this. We knew it. We lost it. And hopefully we're going to get it back again. Yeah. Well, like we, like you said, it was a perfect storm. And, yeah. you know, I, I want to just um, <laughs> throw an op opinion out here, too, right? Um, people want it to be easy. So, you know, popping a pill isn't easier. Um, we just didn't realize, I think, when we were creating the science to make an easy fix for people. Don't think we really realized what's on the back end of that science. You know, you can pop this pill. And, oh, by the way, in another 10 years, you're going to have to pop two more to offset all the impact of the, that pill you started 10 years ago, you know, and on and on and on and on. And it's um, not something that anyone did on purpose, but there's definitely a right-hand turn we can take now. I know, but we're all victims. It's not like, hey, the food pyramid is is what we got to help everybody lose weight. This is this is the dietary advice for all Americans. Let's just pound the pavement on something that is never proven and has never given us any good results ever. Yeah. Right. So I think first and foremost, there's no shame here. It's like you're you're the victim. It's 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 not your fault, but unfortunately, it's 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 kind of our problem. Mm -hmm. You know, like. The reversal to me, uh, I can't take away that journey from people. And all I can tell you is I'm excited for them to go through this journey and start discovering foods differently or your relationship with foods and how you're coping and that the whole the mental uh, attitude towards behavior modification and developing new habits and that, that's that's the sweet spot. That's where it all happens. <laughs> yeah, you're preaching to the choir over here. here. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> so let me ask you this, Kyle. So how 
I mean, it sounds like you are having significant, a significant impact on these people, making tremendous changes. Um, what I find is that a lot of people kind of say they want change. And then when you get down to it, it's really, really hard for them. So what do you find kind of motivates people to, to stick to this diet or to, um, or to buy in to begin with? I mean, is it everyone who walks into your office? You're is like. <laughs> I wish. I wish we wouldn't have all these problems. Right. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I like. What is my rejection rate? I think that's. It's, it's kind of. Now this is what we were talking you know, I, about before we started. Like, how many people come to you and they're like, "Oh, behavioral change, lifestyle change." I know somebody else who needs that. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sabotage city. Sabotaging. Yes. Yeah. It's nice when they come to the clinic and it's both of yeah. them. Right. You know, it's, and it's like, it's always the question is, how much time do I have? But to find the common, um, the common thread, like, oh, mechanic, engineer, accountant, uh, some healthcare background, like, like, where are they in their understanding and assess that and using analogies, hopefully that will stick. And, and I do put my best foot forward with this and say, hey, all you dudes, what, what do you got against a tri-tip steak or a ribeye or a big slice of butter? On, you know what I mean? And then I've got your attention. Hey, you know, and, and I also kind of show them um, I have your best interest. I don't get anything from this. I do this as almost like a hobby. And here's my picture. Here's my N of one. Here's my photo of, of fat Kyle. Mm. And they kind of look at that and go, okay, right. He obviously practices what he preaches, and this is the transformation. But I also sell, like, this journey is amazing. This is the most wonderful thing you can do for yourself. And if we look at ourselves and how we were designed, this is what we were designed to do, was to push ourselves to stress ourselves to make some sort of adaptation. It doesn't need to be so ridiculously difficult and it doesn't need to be pounding the pavement. You don't need to go out and get a gym membership tomorrow. I don't push exercise for a reason. What typically happens is they lose the weight. They start feeling better and then they got more, then they have more energy and then they pick it up. Now they want to exercise. Now they have the energy to exercise because things are starting to normalize. Their hormone levels are starting to normalize. They're not thinking about food as much. Now they have so much energy and that signaling works, which tells you to stop eating and go move, right? That signaling is finally working and they go, ah, yeah, I'm starting to exercise now. And now the weights, I'm losing it even faster. It's great. It's, but it is a long journey. It's not for the impatient. It's not for the faint of heart. But it's a wonderful journey. I, I would never take this away from anybody. This is, this, is where, this is where the passion comes from for life. Mm. <laughs> this yeah. is it. Outdoor therapy. Yeah. Getting your life and, and being able to live it the way you want to live it and not tied to a couch or tied to a syringe. Yeah. yeah. I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. Well, let's first figure out if it's the medication that's doing mm -hmm. it. So I, I want to get real curious here on, um, we talk about your work with people. I know that when I work with people, I've got like four steps that everybody goes through. Okay. We discover what you want and why you want it. 
We do uh, your goals. We put you into action. We reflect on your actions and we just keep, keep running actions and reflections, actions and reflections, unless for some reason we need to go back and bump goals or discover a little bit deeper, right? That is my process with people on everything. I know that you um, have spoken to the low carb. What is, if somebody said to me, Amy, I heard that Kyle dude, what does he actually do? What does that program look like? Or what? how does that work? How would I explain that to them? That's kind of in the developmental stage. So uh, I guess I should have put that down. But um, anyways, uh, I, will, I will go ahead and give it a shot at it. But um, this is, I think, probably the future of healthcare using wearables using the continuous glucose monitor as well as an aura ring this is the tester one for the aura ring and I, you guys are familiar with aura ring yeah okay utilizing that with artificial intelligence as well as personalized coaching health coaching and creating an experience utilizing all these systems and all this information because we're all about systems right this interplay of systems hey your body temperature went up mm -hmm. why right it's because you ate a bunch two days ago and now you're burning it off and you're in ketosis i don't i don't know like what's what's whatever's going on if we could figure that out using the data that we have the technology that we have and basically medically guiding them on their journey back to better health so that's that's the goal. Yeah, I love that you put that technology piece in. I think you um, use technology kind of like I use intuition. You know, I wish I had that instead. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't get in. We so can tag team on that, Kyle. Okay, I, I had one of my healthcare practitioners um, tell me, and he was absolutely right because I'm not a huge technology fan, and he wanted me to get a whoop and. Okay, this was just me being straight up defiant, right? Because all the cool kids had whoops. And I'm like, Psh, I don't need no whoop. I'm cool already. But I did get a whoop because he said this to me. He said, Amy, we all know that you focus on what you track. And I thought, damn it, I cannot argue with that. And I think the same thing about the um, continuous glucose monitoring. Because when I have my whoop on my arm and it's telling me what the strain is and I have my glucose monitor in my bingo wing and it's telling me what my insulin is doing, that is some interesting data to pair up with my intuition. Right. Yeah. yeah. Is today a better day than yesterday? What did you do yeah. different? Whatever you did differently, do it yeah. again. Right. So I would love to put one of these on Pete. Because after his race, he, he slams down a beer and I go, hey, you have no idea. <laughs> but, but I can't argue with somebody like that because he's an amazing he athlete. But I, I think of utilizing that technology to enhance performance, to optimize yes. performance. Like, how ready are you? Imagine that, that, that uh, application even for, say, a basketball team and you can say okay well the the starter i have two starters that you know their ready percentage is only 80 percent i've got a, a guy on the bench who's at 95 percent because he got like nine hours of sleep last night he's doing great right so like you have these metrics that could you know basically measure am i getting healthier am i am i ready yeah, they actually they are doing whatever that in college sports yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
Well, they also do with the soccer players, right? When they have every step, it's in their shoe. Right. Imagine like you calculate speed, heart rate, and then how much how much right. carbs do you have left in the tank? So that's kind of my my quest. Okay, well, I love that for performance athletes, but this old lady over here with the torn Achilles tendon still, you know, what's been interesting is to watch my recovery scores as I've dealt with that. Like, I'm talking like, um, Amy, if you want to heal that thing at 49, uh, you probably need to know that you've been in the red twice this week and you need to sit your butt down come Saturday. You need to just duct tape your little self to the couch. You're not going outside. You're not taking a walk. You're not going to just drive down and watch right. the sunset. You're grounded. That is girl. right. You are grounded. <laughs> You're grounded. So You're not the ready. applications for healing, for a, like I can tell you when I, I'm now um, able to see like when I'm about to get my period, it's hard on my body. Yeah. That week, my scores are dirt, man. Yeah. So to kind of bring it back to the um, the glucose monitoring, I th- what you said at the beginning, which is which makes so much sense and is fascinating, is that um, with that monitor you can see the impact of your emotions, you can see the impact of stress, and yeah, and so what that is doing, like you think of it as all just just in my head, like oh I'm just stressed, it's not mm-hmm. a big deal, but when you can actually see what it is doing to your body, it's I love it. that. I have a patient that did that. She, um, she, she's a nurse, and so she always logging stuff. And she'll say something like, "One, one was awesome." She's like, "Grandson, grandson stole car, smashed it too, blood sugar skyrockets." Then she'll, but what's the best part? She goes, "Going for a long walk," and she knows to walk it off. So she, you know, she gets oh, that's awesome. this, that's right? Oh, that is awesome. It's so cool. Not talking to husband, <laughs> or or did talk to husband? You, Glucose skyrocketed. Not talking. Yes, yeah, there you go. <laughs> right, any sort of stressor. Here's another one: an infection. Yeah. She had no idea that she had a urinary tract infection. Unfortunately, because of the medications, the diabetes mm-hmm. medication, and she's like, "Something's not right." I'm like, "Yeah, you you just skyrocket up a hundred points in the last day." Oh. Yeah, wow. UTI. All right, figure that out. I mean, just imagine the application yeah. of this. You want to know if you have COVID, your blood sugar is going to go up, and it does significantly. Yeah, it's, that's that crazy. So cool. The application. Now, does one yeah. need a um, prescription to get one of these monitors? Unfortunately, yes. Unfortunately, yes. Um, I have a collaborative practice agreement with a physician that I can order labs, I can order the CGMs, and then track people. So that's, that's something I really enjoy. That is my fave. Athletes, but I would tell you the type 2 diabetic that needs that personal touch is kind of the yeah. thing that I enjoy the mm-hmm. most. They get a lot of long text messages from me about, hey, did you miss this? Or, hey, great choices. It's got to be – they need so much support yes. with yeah. this lifestyle change. No sabotaging. They need to be – they need a pickup. They need to have their support group. Yeah, are you doing a support need to group? Have their, their go-to. Um, I was doing a support group, but um, I definitely will will be doing support groups in the yeah. future. I was doing them all over the place. I was doing them at a church, a library, and then my favorite was round table pizza. Oh, all right. <laughs> I would do support groups, and you know what? They always do better when they meet with each other. When there's that that accountability. Always. 
accountability. It's all of a sudden one plus one is five. When you get people together. Oh, yeah. Synergy is amazing. Yeah. I've got someone, I got someone I can count on that's going to be there that I can text and say, hey, did you see this? What am I doing wrong? Did you do, you know, I didn't see. And, and they'll, they'll have missed lessons. They'll scan before and after they didn't see the peak. And it'll be something that they thought was right. really good. Yeah. Again, not your right. fault. Or you fell for the label, not your right. fault. But that, what is it, Kashi Go cereal, you know, like, oh, it's not as good as you thought it was. Special K or something like that. You're like, yeah. wow, your juice really jacked you today. Did you see right. that? Right. And, and I, I would say 90% of the time, they make the change based on that data. Yeah, because they can see Versus, it. it's visual. It's a very real thing. As yeah, opposed to like, yeah, I think I was a yeah. little tired or I think, I was, yeah. Right. So um, well, it's very validating having, too when you're learning to trust your intuition. Yeah. When you're learning to trust, like, you know, I've had um, uh, Hashimoto's thyroiditis for like, I don't know, 25 years. So now I know, but it took me a long time to be like, oh, I'm pretty, I'm probably low. I'm probably, it took me a, and it took me a while to get labs and figure out when I was wrong and right. So when you've got that continuous feedback and you can instantly know like, wow, I feel this way. My sugar was this. The next time you feel that way, you're going to trust yourself a little more. You don't have to wear a continuous blood glucose monitor for, you know, the next 25 years. You just need to use it long enough that you learn the way your body is reacting and can listen to yourself and, and learn some different behaviors and nutrition and stuff. Yep. So I'm also, this has been fascinating. I think we have to have you back, Kyle, but I'm like, I'm also very, I'd love to be back. This is great. Next time we'll come out to the boat. How about we do a podcast? (laughs) Oh yeah. I love it. We'll do some paddle boarding. Okay. So before we wrap up, I want to know if you have one like golden nugget that you want people to get golden nugget out of, out of this, walk mm. away from and be like, okay, that's one thing I can do. Right. What would it be? Right. Oh, one thing that they can, an actionable yes. item. Uh, because med- I, what I would say is kind of my motto is that medications can't fix lifestyle, right? Stop reaching for right. anything. The answer is right here. Okay. This is where, this is where it starts With and you. ends. And believe it, believe it or not, I swear to you, if you reduce your carbohydrate intake, you will have more energy. I promise. That is a personal promise. Read your labels, cut your carbs. They are unnecessary. All right. I like it. So thank you for being here. If anybody listening, if you like it, please like our podcast, share it, subscribe. Um, All of the links for Kyle and um, his social media um, and the... There's something you mentioned that you, oh, the ADA guidelines. We will have those links. Um, <laughs> people want to do their own research. Have those links in the in the podcast notes. So. Thank you so much, Kyle. This has been just. Oh, thank you for having me. It's fun. <laughs>